Are you hyped? I'm really hyped. Here we go. Here we go. I went back there a year later. Yeah. And uh, it turns out he sold the business. Uh, what? It yeah. was in his family for I know. 100 years. I mean, that's actually the beauty no, of the video. To, to be honest, it, he hadn't sold it. It was for sale. Oh, okay. We have done this so many times. We come in, we don't have a lot of time. There's super, like a million constraints on us. And we just get shit done. Brian Watson, Jacob Bailey, we are Sea Lake Media. For more than 10 years, we've been making commercial films. Like, I just want to celebrate. Like, I want to celebrate the past yeah, 11 years that we've been in business. So yeah, we're going back and taking a look at some of the work we've done, and we're bringing in some of the folks who have been a part of that work, and some of the times, Brian and I are just talking it through. These aren't necessarily like the best videos we've ever produced, but they mean something to us and they mean something to the journey that we've been on. And I'm excited, like I'm excited to, to put some of these in front of people, you know, some of them for the first time. In this episode, we go back and look at a video we produced while in Northern Spain. Uh, this was on our return trip from a filming project in Angola with our friends, the Capuyas, for their foundation. There's a link to the video in the show notes if you want to check it out. Here we go. Yeah, this is my first time in Texas. And, no. <laughs> it's called choice. It's, it's a weird word. The Galician dialect is more like Portuguese. And I mean, honestly, my first thing, my first pass at yeah. this was like remembering how hard it was to translate this. And just a lot of uh, yeah. his phrases were like, I, I had to go to my father-in-law and my mother-in-law and be like, can you guys figure out what what he's yeah. saying here? And it was just yeah, it was incredibly hard. But you know, to be honest, like this is one of my favorite videos that we've created. Really, seriously. And I think it's because like I'm always attracted to stories that center around craft and yeah. unique stories. And I think like it just doesn't get much more unique than telling a story from the middle of nowhere, Spain, mm -hmm. you know, about an ancient practice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just like, it's people don't have access to that story. Yeah. And it was like, we were able to open it up. The unfortunate part is that I don't think we ever shared it. Like, I don't ever think we pushed this out there, did yeah. we? It I was like- I don't, I think very few people saw it. Like it was just a sort of pet <laughs> project. I mean, why the hell were we even in Spain? <laughs> It was, it was, it's beautiful. I, I really appreciate some of the shots. Wasn't there, wasn't there a, a constraint that you were oh, working around with the lens? holy shit. Were shooting, <laughs> shooting with the A7S II and... Yeah, I don't know if we've ever been more hamstrung during a shoot, for real. Because, because you had a certain, you had a well, 50 or what? Well, before, I mean, backing up a little bit, we had this layover in Europe and Spain and France coming home from a trip to Angola, Africa. But we never got half of our equipment okay. during that layover. Like we lost our equipment, and so we we had like two lenses okay. um, that we had available to us that were in our carry on. The day before we were going to shoot this, I uh, set a bunch of the equipment on my bed, and I like, yeah, fucked up and dropped one of the lenses on the ground, oh. my wide, 
and like busted the mount. Oh, I remember that. And now. so like I, remember I we, that now. we were down to one lens <laughs> for the shoot, <laughs> and it was like an awesome wide, okay. and it would have been perfect for this tight space, you know. And yeah. real, but it was like we were we were stuck with one fixed prime lens that was like a fifty-five. On the, and it just was not like we could not back up far enough. Back, like and we it was were, a small, it was a small space small where space. they were doing this. Where and it was, was so unfortunate because it was just like it was so beautiful and interesting, and mm-hmm. I just felt like uh, we didn't have the tools we needed to even do it justice. Yeah. But I'm still proud of what we were able to produce here. So for context, we had been we had gone on a trip to Angola with our friends Alicia and Daniel uh, Kapuya. And we were working on a whole other project, but this was like on the back end of our trip, we had some time. Yeah. We came through Northern Spain because I have family that, that lives over there. And we just, we really wanted, I, I mean, we were coming out of Angola where we felt like we didn't have the freedom to really flex at all. We were kind of in, in some parameters that were tight. It was pretty confined. In terms of filming. Yeah. So we really wanted to try to get the most out of our trip. We, we'd been traveling for what, like three weeks at this point? Yep. And so... We found this specific uh, lo- your location. Father-in-law, right? Yeah. Like he somehow yeah. had a connection here. Yeah. So they, some friends that knew about this, uh, this area in the far western part of Asturias, this province in northern Spain, and we ended up out there. There's some drone shots in this, which I remember flying the drone a little bit. Yeah. This was like a. This is like your first real sort of go as a pilot, right? <laughs> Yeah, maybe second, second second time flying a little bit, and I I, I wasn't real happy with the drone shots because it was like, it was like full like midday sun, and I just felt like like it it just wasn't like I was at the end of the day I was like man I wanted to do a lot more with yeah. the drone there especially because yeah. we were limited to one single lens for the shoot, but anyway, background I went back there a year later yeah talked to. Uh, I think his name is Luis. Luis from Texas. Talk to Luis from Teixois. And uh, it turns out he sold the business. Uh, what? It yeah. was in his family for like, I know. 100 years. I mean, that's actually the beauty no, of the video. To, to be honest, it, he hadn't sold it. It was for sale. Oh, okay. And okay. he was like looking at me like this American, you know, from, he was like, from the he was States. Like, and he this was guy, like, this you guy elevated buy my profile. And I'm like, do you remember that like, video we made for you guys? And it was like... He right was, over his head. Oh, like, really? I thought yeah. you were going to say the video was the reason he had so many buyers lined up and he was contemplating <laughs> no. selling it no, after like, 100 I years. No, like, I swear to God, he didn't, he didn't remember that we were even That's there. That's hilarious, man. What would you compare that experience to, like, in the States? I mean, I mean, it was a little lost on me, like, culturally, culturally. what was happening there beyond, yeah. like, they were making knives. Right. It's, you know? I mean, it's kind of like you'd have to go to the Smithsonian to find anything in the States that's that old. But it's not all wrapped up in this, like, you know, building somewhere in D.C., right? It's like you just go up into this little village and they're using this old, uh, like this old castaña, it's like hazelnut tree hammer that's from like like three three centuries yeah. ago. So yeah. it's, it's just kind of, it's accessible to people. Right. It's right there. Right. And they're using this tool that like, I mean, I think he says there's only like five of them that are right. still in operation. But these are 300-year-old machines yeah. and stone processes, you know, using water to, to do blacksmithing. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible that it's that accessible, I guess. One of the things that really stands out to me, just as I'm thinking back about that 
whole experience was uh, was Paco, your father-in-law. Didn't um, he have? Like, he got sick. Did, like he, he was a, he was like our fixer for the shoot, right? Like he made all the contacts and got us all set up. His but blood then, sugar got low. Yeah. And Something happened. There was an emergency in the middle. Well, of the sh- he just disappeared, like, and went and laid down in the back of the car. Oh, yeah. And we were super yeah. worried about his health, like, during the shoot. Like, is he going to be all right? This is way out in some remote road in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Far from any hospitals. And he was like, I need to get home. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but then we found ourselves sitting down to this massive meal. Yeah. And, and my wife's Uncle Tony is there. Right, and right. And he's pouring wine. And we're eating this, like... Five course meal, right. like right there by the. And Paco's laying in the back of the car, dying, <laughs> <laughs> trying to come out of this. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then, and then he's like, "I can't drive home. I can't drive home." And Jacob's like, "Okay, I'll drive." Oh, and then wait, we're driving home, and we're like 15 minutes into this drive, oh. like windy roads from sick. the mountains, and Jacob gets sick. Yeah. And then it's like Brian, and I'm barfing. Jacob's like, "I can't drive anymore." He's oh, like, and Brian. I was like, "Pull over! I gotta." No, I pulled over and then I just oh yeah Dude, I yeah felt you were just you were just like I need you to drive. This is Ryan. because we were coming out of Angola and, and I was like, like I've never story. driven in Spain with a standard, but we'll figure it out. And so, like I had to drive so for an hour and a half. You nursed us home, like you yeah you figured out the stick shift and, and took us and home. And Paco was in so much pain, he was trying to distract himself by listing like every king and queen from throughout the entire history of Spain, like chronologically. This is my father-in-law. <laughs> it was like, that whole thing was shot in like what, like two hours? Yeah, I, I mean it was shot all, in two hours, yeah, shot yeah. an interview. I don't think Yeah, we have done this so many times. Like, I mean this is like something that we do and I feel like we do it well is like we come in, we don't have a lot of time. There's super like a million constraints on us. And we just get shit done. And like I feel like we turn kind of nothing into something and we've been able to do that like over and over again with like the least amount of stress on our client or our partner or our subject the business is open people are there they don't have time for us yeah it's like here's 20 minutes like make something happen right and i think that comfort level actually is really good now because when clients approach us now i think what i what i tell people is that we're really comfortable working in a fast-paced environment Even in environments where you have customers, too there. comfortable, too comfortable. Yeah, I think too comfortable. Because we <laughs> yeah. probably we probably yeah, sell ourselves a little short sometimes when yeah. we do have time, when we do have willing sort of subjects. Like we're like, oh, we got it, we're good. Rather than really slowing yeah, down and you know breaking out uh, yeah. one of those things you know that has like three legs and you put the camera on top. What is that? Like we never use that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. We could slow down more. <laughs> I totally forgot about that video. <laughs> like, I mean, I really did. Like, it just, like, fell off my radar completely. And, like, it was, like, a year ago. It was, like, someone added it to, uh, to like, their Vimeo, okay. like, channel. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, like, a blacksmithing channel. <laughs> and it was, like, sitting alongside of all these other, like, interesting creative stories yeah. around, yeah. Just blacksmithing and different tools and different processes. It was it was cool. I think it's important to say that it's not that we did that for fun. I think the the thing that drives us, I think, is the hustle. And our idea at that point in time was to try to do something in a foreign country like Spain because we were 
we were wanting to try to open some doors and create. We were wanting to create over there yeah. and hopefully open up some opportunities for ourselves. We were talking about Spanish wine. We were we were really envisioning. We were drinking bring, Spanish wine. We were drinking Spanish wine. <laughs> we were touring Spanish bodegas. Yes, which was amazing. But I think I think it's all about the hustle too, Brian. I mean, that was there's like it's not just creating to create. It's like it was yeah. for us it, there was intention in trying to do something that would that you know. But I think there are layers to that, and um, haven't gotten the opportunity to go back to Spain and create. We're still yeah. open to it. But so if anyone out there has a project, yeah, if you own a bodega in Spain, we will do it. We will happily come stay at your vineyard, <laughs> drink your wine, yeah. shoot video. Just don't feed us tomatoes. <laughs> Sorry, that's a different story. We're going back that's this summer, you know, Brian. I'm, I told Hannah like we're going back to the restaurant. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, because yeah. it was so cool. It's like a trucker stop. Yeah, the vineyard. I don't itself. feel like that's an accurate description. What the trucker stop? I mean, maybe you can say I that. Mean, well, it was a Spanish it? trucker stop. Okay, but like okay, this would be a really hip restaurant in Portland, man. <laughs> like all the wood and the. It wasn't real fancy. I, I would just all say, the truckers were I would there, just say dude. like, but if you say truckers truck stop, like people are thinking like Subway and you know like yeah. Taco Bell and a convenience store. That's true. The restaurant was awesome. The restaurant was awesome. They had fresh tomatoes. Brian wasn't a big fan. I wasn't a big fan. No one at the table was a big fan. I think I ate one. Well, it part was of one. it was one of those moments where you're in a foreign country. You know, you make you're making small talk with the server, and you're connecting, and they want to share something of their place with you, and so they were really excited to share these big, beefy, juicy tomatoes that were grown just right down the street with us, and they brought them out and laid them in front of us, and he's like, "Enjoy on the house," and like, I hate raw tomatoes; like, I can't eat them. And Even with a little balsamic vinegar and olive oil oh, and salt man. and pepper. It was like, I appreciated the gesture so much. I had never suffered more during an appetizer <laughs> than I did that one, man. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, reach out through social media and say hi. See you next time.